following are the words of Noel DiGirolamo, president of the Suffolk County Police Benevolent Association. Police officers are already being targeted for assassination. Releasing their personal information to criminals will only further endanger them. Stand with law enforcement. Defend the police. Your Island, live and local, with your host, Tom Shalero, on 1039 LI News Radio. And once again, welcome back. As we've been doing since Friday, since we had uh, Frank McKay uh, over there at uh, in the hot zone. Right now, I understand he's almost on the border of Ukraine and Poland, uh, giving us reports. Uh, Frank's been on LI and the AM with Jay Oliver. Frank has been taking the time out from uh, this, uh, again, being out there and reporting back to us, reporting back, I believe, to other uh, news outlets, uh, but more importantly to LI News Radio and uh, just hearing so much from Frank. I know yesterday's uh, uh, dialogue with Frank was really devastating. A lot of people wrote in and said it's incredible, the, the energy and also the passion of what we're hearing from Frank McKay. You all know Frank. Frank is a dedicated Long Islander. But right now, Frank is in the hot zone, uh, the focus of really the entire world of what's taking place right now. And let me just say hello to Frank one more time. Frank, we're, we're hoping you're going to be here every day and letting us know everything that's going on. Frank, how are you? Tom, I'm doing great. Now, the latest, obviously, yesterday you, you spoke about um, essentially looking into the eyes of the uh, refugees uh, that months before or even weeks before or days before the, this war began, living their lives, uh, very westernized, very uh, belief in liberty and democracy of what we have here. And then all of a sudden, the terror and the hardship. Today, there was reported 21 more uh, civilians were killed in, a, in an air attack uh, by the uh, Russian Federation. It's getting worse. The president announced uh, some new sanctions today. We are no longer going to be importing uh, oil uh, from Russia. Is that having any effect on the people that you're talking to? It's new. The, the, uh, the, the sanction or the announcement that President Biden gave about not buying the, the oil from Russia, that, that's brand new. And I haven't had a chance. Somebody just texted me that uh, a little while ago. In fact, it's a couple from South Dakota that I met at the airport here in um, uh, Shoshuk. They pronounce it Shoshuk. And it, it looks nothing like that on the map if you're trying to look for that. But um, I met them, and, and I was going to travel uh, at least to my hotel room with them. And they're, they're you know, kind of an older couple. And they came here on their own dime to volunteer. And it was, uh, they got the last car, the last rental car. And then I, I stumbled upon one, um, like $300 a day, by the way, for some <laughs> crappy car, but I, I, I really didn't have much of a choice. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was either that or kind of finagle my way, uh, through, through Ubers and, you know, some kind of train situation, uh, hitchhiking or, or asking people for a ride, uh, to get there. So I gladly, gladly paid $300 a day. For a call, the problem is I got to bring it back uh, immediately. So, I mean, these are these are the problems that we um, that that I come across. It, it's like these simple, you know, sounding problems that are that are logistical. As far as what what you're asking, what uh, what kind of effect could that have? Uh, have and and I always think about you know I always think about well, what would cause Putin to complete and not that he hasn't lost his mind already, right? But what could cause Putin to completely lose his mind. And, you know, I'm not a psychiatrist and, and uh, I have no expertise in that field, but 
when people say to me, uh, is, it, is it scary over there? The, the first thought that I have, and, and again, now that I've been you know, on all these, all these borders and I've been you know, to the four different uh, countries, uh, is, it, it's not because where I'm going has a lot of refugees coming out. I don't think that, and again, I don't want to minimize it. I mean, he could just lose his mind completely and start bombing civilians. But to me, if, uh, if Putin, Vladimir Putin, starts bombing refugees, that, uh, you know, it's, it's the end of the world anyway. So, I mean, but it, 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 we're, we're heading for World War III if he starts doing that. I, I just, uh, I, I don't see it at this point. And, and again, I, I think I mentioned, I mentioned to you yesterday, uh, or, or somewhere along the line, maybe privately, so forgive me if I'm repeating it, the, the situation um, is less scary at the moment for me, you know, as uh, reporting on it and, uh, and being out here and kind of doing my own thing, flying blindly. It's less scary than it is sad. It is very, very, very sorrowful. It is a terrible situation, and you just see it in every, everyone's eyes. When you're around the refugees, you could you could watch, and you're trying not to stare. You could watch people, uh, like sitting at the airport, for example, or sitting, uh, you know, on the uh, you know on the side of the road. I was walking up to a bunch of folks on the side of the road, and just out of nowhere, you'll see somebody just start sobbing, and they're trying to control themselves, and they and they just start sobbing, and it, you know you could, and knowing that these are Ukrainian people there. They're thinking to themselves, I, you know, what am I leaving behind? What's going on back at home? And then usually, you know, when that happens, they kind of clutch their their child a little tighter or whatever. And once again, it, it, I'm trying not to, um, I'm trying not to, uh, you know, get caught staring in the situation. No, uh, again, I think when history writes this, they're going to write it as the Ukraine-Russian war. And I hope that's what they do, and it doesn't turn out to be the prelude to World War III. Today, the president mentioned uh, the eastern flank, and he's talking about exactly where you're standing right now, Frank. And that's the eastern flank, yep. and, that's, and that's the line of sand. Uh, that is the red line, or whatever you want to call it. If you cross that line, he's telling the the president uh, of the Federation, uh, Vladimir Yukon, uh, uh, Putin, excuse me. If you cross that line, uh, thirty countries of NATO are going to be involved in an attack, and they're going to fight. And uh, you know, again, it's all scary stuff when one thinks about it. And the way you reported yesterday, and again to uh, extrapolate more on that. You could look into the eyes of these people, and they're on the front lines of this. You're on the front lines of it right now to, to hear what they have to say. I saw a, a video this morning of a church got hit with a rocket. A church, you know, with the cross and everything, burning. I mean, yeah. this, these are the targets. And the, and the folks that you're talking to and that you're seeing on the side of the road, it's no wonder they just don't break out and, of course, start crying and emotional breakdowns and so on. Their whole world has turned upside down and topsy-turvy ten times over, all because of the uh, the movements of one man and, and what he feels is the new world order. You know, it really gives you a whole perspective on, on uh, the this, this condition we call the human race. And I'm sure you're getting all of these uh, feelings as, as you're talking. Yeah, any interesting uh, you know, folks that you have talked to that are coming from really where the bond-out sections are coming? Happy? Yeah. Uh, Kiev. And, uh, you know, Kiev is, uh, is under heavy attack. And, and, I, and I get conflicting stories. And again, you could write some of it off as, as uh, uh, I don't know, like uh, misunderstanding each other's language, you know, mine and, and, 
uh, on both mine and their end. But this woman, I don't know if I mentioned her by name, uh, Tatiana, her name is, I, it, it's just, it's so ironic that I, I ran into her uh, it, it, and it, it's just, it's unbelievable. When I left uh, the Ukraine uh, soil, when I left there, I had a wide wave and, and she waited over uh, five and a half hours and whatever it took to get in, she probably waited close to seven hours for me. And yet I felt terrible, but uh, she, um, she stayed around and as I'm walking back, she took four refugees with her. And one of them was this woman, Tatiana. And she's turning 30 and she's coming from Kiev. And I didn't get a chance to talk to her too much because it was, we were dropping them uh, in the middle of the night and we wanted to, uh, you know, like they were tired, they were exhausted, they'd been traveling all day. And uh, we dropped her and this other woman that I thought was her mother, but they've never met before, uh, off at the shelter. And, and the shelter now has uh, 286, that's as of yesterday. 286 refugees with them, and uh, and that was in Yash, and then also in Yash were, were these other two, uh, a mother and a like I guess a three year old, four year old daughter. We dropped her off uh, there. So when I went into the airport today to come to Warsaw, I, I walked on the line to, to Warsaw, and the woman is, is excited to see me, and it's Tatiana. I, I mean, it's half. It's just unbelievable to even you know, think that this could happen. You're talking about finding a needle in the, in the haystack. So it's, uh, it, it's this woman that we dropped off, you know, one of the four people that I was around, you know, dropping, dropping people off. And, and I started talking to her and, and find out where she's from and whatever. And she's from Kiev. Now, if I understood her correctly, the first time she heard any bombing at all, and Kiev is, you know, in the news as being a, a hotspot. I, she said Thursday night. I'm sorry, Thursday morning, uh, four in the morning on Thursday. Now, I don't know if she met the Thursday before. And I asked her, I said, uh, do you see Russian troops? And she said, no. She said, I haven't seen Russian troops. Uh, she said, I know they're, they're there, they're around. But I heard the bombing. And when my, um, my mother said to me, look, uh, this is very hard, but you have to go. You have to go. We're going to stay here, but you have to leave now. And they made arra arrangements for her to go. But it just, it blew me, uh, you know, blew me away and it, it threw me for a loop that she just started hearing bombing on Thursday. So uh, she was on the same plane I was, you know, about 10 rows ahead. And the woman that I'm standing, that I'm sitting next to on the plane, she has a young, uh, young boy and she's, uh, you know, she's devastated. I mean, she's just, uh, you know, in uh, just the saddest form you could possibly be. And, um, you know, when I got around to it, I said, uh, I said, where are you from? She said, Kiev. And I said, uh, I said, did you, did you, uh, when did you start hearing the bombing? And she said, um, she said, third, uh, you know, Thursday, Thursday morning. That's when she first heard the bombing. I, I mean, I, again, I, I don't know if I'm mixing something up, but that's, it's gotta be impossible to do. I, I mean, I got to find out what's going on. And I said, did you see Russian soldiers? And she said, yes. Oh, yes. She said, there's Russian soldiers all, you know, all there. Uh, but uh, one thing I want to point out is, you know, I'm, I'm talking to everybody. And I mean, when you talk to everybody, you're talking to everyone. And you can't vouch for, for you know, that credibility. You can't vouch for, uh, for what they're saying or what they're thinking. But after a while, you start getting themes. And I got three basic themes to, um, to underline. 
And uh, one, as I saw with the big one, was uh, how does this thing possibly end? And and it comes back to it. I think I mentioned to you uh, yesterday, all eyes on Odessa. You know, we heard that a lot. And I got to assume that that came from some kind of government agency or some media source where where a lot of them are saying it just would be way too coincidental to have, you know, 30-something people uh, say it. The other thing that that's there are people are telling me that, and, and uh, certainly when I was in the Ukraine and the Ukrainians there, to tell whoever's listening to me speak that uh, there's thousands of civilian deaths, that there's not hundreds. Everyone's saying that there's, there's hundreds, but there's thousands. I, I pinned, you know, pinned the guy down on it. I said, what, what do you give me a number of what you think? He said, he said I'm not saying 10,000, but he, he said there's 2,000, there's 3,000. He said, but the, I, he said, our government and, uh, you know, is saying like there's uh, 450,000. Uh, you know, casual. This is what he was saying the other day. You know that something like that. He said, "There's no way that there's hundreds of civilian deaths." And he he started naming, you know, off cities. And he said, "There's there's that many in that city." Uh, he said, "I don't know why they're lowering the number. Maybe they don't want people to be in a panic, or they want uh, they don't want everybody to just uh, you know mass exit." And and again, this is a theme that people are saying. It's not one guy. It's not two guys. You know, I I don't know. Maybe, you know, twenty people. Uh, uh, are trying to express to me to to get to everyone that there's far more uh, uh, civilian casualties than than there are, and and, and the big and I'll give you the big the, the big uh, ticket item or whatever the big question, uh, and and that's how does this thing possibly end? And I was a member of the military, and we were you know over over Soder. I spoke to him on background. I don't want to say specifically. Uh, too much. He was a member of the military in, in Romania, and and I said to him, you know, how how does this thing end? And you know, he looked at me like I was like I was an idiot for for asking. And it was very nice, you know. But it, he he said, look, he, he said, my friend, it ends one way. It only ends one way, and it ends when someone close to Putin hits him with a bullet, or in broken English, he hits him with a bullet or poisons him. But it's somebody close to Putin. It's someone, his generals. It's someone, uh, his secretary. Somebody who doesn't want to see the world end. And uh, and when he said it, uh, he he's echoing what many other people have already said, but in a much quicker way, less dramatic way. That the only way this war ends is uh, is is if Putin is uh, is basically assassinated. If Putin is assassinated by his own people, who else is going to get to him? There's, it's not like Lee Harvey Oswald's going to, you know, get him from a, a clock tower. He's not giving speeches. Putin, uh, Putin uh, goes, he dies when somebody close to him uh, decides that he's going to die and that it's not worth starting World War III. And then the other, you know, the other point is uh, that, you know, they call it NATO, you know, NATO, instead of NATO, you know, they pronounce it NATO. Um, and a lot of people are saying, well, the second... NATO shoot a, a Russian uh, a Russian plane down. It's World War Three, right? How is it not? I mean, NATO is um, NATO is basically a you know collection of of world uh, nations, and if they're after Russia and they're uh, they're knocking down Russian planes, um, you know, let's let's face it. I mean, it's uh, it's basically World War Three, and uh, oh. 
And uh, hey, Tom, uh, this is Sean Hannity. If you if you don't mind, let me grab this. Uh, can I can I call you back? Yeah, well, we're, we're going to be off the air about four minutes. Maybe you could uh, schedule tomorrow at the same time. We we'll appreciate it. I, I'll be there tomorrow. Hold on. Okay. Thank you. Thank Appreciate it. I'm sorry to do that. That's okay. That's okay. Uh, preempted by uh, by Sean Hannity. Uh, what Frank is doing over there, by the way, is absolutely fantastic. It's extraordinary, and I want to say that. And uh, we all at LI News Radio are extremely, extremely grateful for uh, Frank to to get over there. I know he's wanted by a lot of people. It doesn't surprise me. Sean Hannity is reaching out to him, and uh, so many other. Uh, I know uh, some of the other major networks are also reaching out. Frank is on the ground. Uh, he was calling just now from the Ukraine-Polish border. He has been talking to a load of people. We have a few minutes left. Uh, number is 631-451-1039. Uh, Frank, is, uh, Frank was just telling a story about talking to a soldier. And uh, that is correct. I mean, uh, I, I would go along with that, too. I, there is no second-in-command over there at the Russian Federation under Putin. There is nobody there that's going to pick up the mantle and keep the slaughter going. What disturbs me about Frank's report is that maybe we're not getting the truth about the number of people that have been uh, have been killed uh again we, we're not getting the truth to that and i think that's a big uh, part of what of what uh, i think uh, a lot of people are wondering i know i've been watching uh the destruction over there and what's and what's been taking place uh, again uh six three one four five one one oh three nine i know we got some calls coming in that um yeah how do we look at that i mean we look at it from yes if uh, Vladimir Putin has some sort of uh, uh, tragedy before him, then uh, I believe that's going to end the war. That's going to be it. I mean, that's that's what we're going to see. What's going to happen? So uh, we'll have to, you know, put it uh, um, put it to that uh, uh, that description and to see which way that uh, that's going to go. Let's take some calls. We got uh, Rich from Sound Beach. Rich, what do you say, my friend? Well, first of all, I want to thank Frank McKay. Frank McKay is a good friend of mine. And he texted my wife telling him that he would be on your radio station. That's number one. He's a great guy. Number two is the fact that we were held by our government under COVID and under the mask mandate, and we still are. So let's put it this way. They want to pass out the electric vehicles and all this other stuff, environmentalists. So what they decided to do was to keep the American people at bay again. Yes, some of the, the Russians have caused some of the gas prices and oil prices to go up. But Biden himself increased our gas and oil prices, doing the things he's doing with our reserves and stuff. This is another way of them saying the poor and the middle class, don't bother traveling, don't go anywhere because we don't have enough electric stations to, for electric vehicles. So he's trying to hold us at bay until he puts his total environmental plan into play. And this is how I feel, and I think it's time for the American people to demand justice in our own country, as well as justice to those poor people in Ukraine. Said, Thank Rich. You Thank you so much. much. Appreciate. It. Thank you. And let's uh, let's take our last call of the segment. We got Brett over there on Port Jeff. Get Brett. Give you give you about a minute. All right. I just wanted to say that uh, people don't know, but uh, Putin was like off our uh, shores, five miles off our shores, about three years ago for six months, and nobody knew about it with nuclear subs that had nuclear power. What I'm trying to say is, and I'm quoting Colonel uh, Douglas McGregor. Douglas McGregor said that this could have been solved right from the beginning. We should not have been building up an offensive over in Ukraine. And this is done, started with in 2014 by Obama, 
with a regime change. And then it escalated when when Donald Trump came in, giving them all the offensive that they want. He's on our border, and he said, why are you building up on my border? Just like John F. Kennedy said. People have to be awake that there's always three sides to a story. All right? We've created this problem. We are the people that are responsible for this problem and for the people in Afghanistan who are starving, the people in Syria because of regime change, and the people now over in Ukraine. And we got to stand and say, hey, let's look at this objectively and let's not get involved in this. These people are dying because we want regime change. All right. Well, Brad, appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. Two o'clock hours upon us. Breaking it down with Frank McKay. Recorded version will be up at 2 o'clock. I'm your host, Tom Schiller. Thanks for joining us today. Everybody have a good day, safe day, happy day. See you all tomorrow.